Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you break free from self-doubt, limiting beliefs and disempowering patterns, and break through to create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Winnie Anderson. The show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including iTunes, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and on my website at WinnieAnderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to become a fan of the show on my site at WinnieAnderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you, the introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur, consistently move forward to reach your biggest goals. If you're someone who doesn't just feel sorry for or compassion for others, but who can truly feel what the other person is feeling, or if you keep hearing things like, you're just too sensitive, you may be either an empath or a highly sensitive person or both. I finally came to the realization that I have some empath tendencies and I have friends and family members who are highly sensitive people. This realization got me to thinking about other HSPs and empaths out there who are trying to build businesses, and I thought we could use a little insight from someone who's done it. That's why I wanted to have today's guest on the show. Jen Savage helps professionals create spiritual connection, tap deeply into the essence of who they are, and find their space where confidence moves you to speak your truth and do the inner work of the journey you're on. She also has the skills of marketing and strategy and understands how to make them work for healers. So listen in as Jen explains what it means to be an empath or a highly sensitive person, how to blend those elements of your personality and still grow a business, how money can be an issue for empaths and HSPs, the things we think are wrong with us and how in fact they could very well be what's right with us. She also shares her thoughts on handling the eight strategic priorities that we all deal with as entrepreneurs and share some of her best practices along the way. And as always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so Jen, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you here today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, you're welcome. So let's just dive right in. Now, I like to start with getting everybody on the same page. I'm a little wordsmith, as many of my friends call me. So let's start out by defining the terms that we're going to use, right? Okay. We're going to focus on. We've got empath and we have highly sensitive person or HSP. So can, why don't you share your definitions for those two, two terms? Absolutely. So I sort of think of being highly sensitive as somebody who um, is sensitive to their environment, who maybe can't tolerate loud sounds, lots of stimulation, who really needs a long time to recover, not really well in big groups of people. Um, and while those also might be true for empaths, the difference is that an empath is actually walks into the room and has the experience of feeling everything that's happening in there. Or as we were talking, you know, before we got started, it's like when, when we're watching something on TV, it's like, I'm having the experience or, or tapping into that emotional charge or connection 
uh, negative or positive, right? But it's like, it's just like my, I have an extra sensory awareness of what's happening. So those are, and, and to be highly sensitive doesn't mean you're empathic. A lot of empaths are highly sensitive just because the gift lends itself to that. But those are sort of the, the differences in how I, I think about that. Yeah, that's a great way to define the two, and they can be mutually exclusive. Exactly. You not have to have the other. Um, and for me, as I shared a little bit before we got started here, I was like in denial that I was an empath. Well, and I think part, part of why I love the work I do and why it feels so important is because most of us just don't even know, right? It's like we just were born into these family systems, right. you know, and I used to have this feeling that I didn't want to be here. Like I just, I legitimately just was like, uh-oh, like made a mistake. Can I undo this? Like I don't want to be here. And because I didn't know why or what, I internalized that as something being wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And what I now know to be true is that like, oh, there was just a lot of sorrow and grief and addiction and, and pain in my family lineage, you know, in my family dynamics and in my environment. And then we have to look at like, what, what kind of world have we been born into? Right. So there's the global, like the macro and the micro. And for, or if I'm having an experience with somebody, it's like, I don't know what's mine and what's yours. You know, yes. there's like no boundaries because I'm just completely immersed in the experience of someone, right. something. So it's taken me a long time to really unpack and understand what yeah. it means, yeah. you know, because there's just, you, you know, I think even 20 years ago or 40 years ago or whatever, like there's just more awareness now than there used to be. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think those are great points. And I think it, there's so much self-help, personal development kind of literature out there that if you want to start this journey, there, there's all Lots of this education of yes. Yes, that you can get that can help you then connect the dots and go, oh, this is why I'm this way or that right. sort of thing. So yeah, and that can, it can be very helpful. Right. Do you think that more women than men are in either of these two categories? I don't know. I, I never think, looked it up. I think women are just more generally maybe emotionally or energetically attuned. It's kind of our role okay. as the mm -hmm. caregivers and our yeah. families. Um, but no, I think it's a human being. Okay. Like, 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 I think the, you know, we're talking about these, you know, walls and masks of protection that we put up right. and these, these ways to survive this life. But I think human beings are hardwired with these gifts and this, this knowing and this intuition and these, you know, these ways of being. And I, I can't remember who did the video or actually even the movie or what it's even called at the moment. But she said 20% of the population actually falls in the category of highly sensitive. And she did a ton of research okay, on okay. it. And it was, and there were, you know, I have two boys, right? You know, I happen to be blessed to be a mother to these exquisitely highly sensitive boys. So, you know, in my life and, and in my client work, it, it, I think, yes, to some degree, women are just generally more right. aware emotionally. But not because that's, I think part of that's cultural. And yeah, I, and I think men, and, and very, I, I have lots of highly sensitive male friends, you yeah. know, so. 
that's an interesting thing that you put it. It's it's like nature versus nurture, right? It's hard to distinguish where one starts and the other and stops and where the other one begins because exactly. they're so closely woven into our experience and our development, I think. Right. Yeah. So then how have you managed to blend who you are in your totality and and create and manage a you know a profitable coaching practice how have you managed to do that because i think i think if, as especially as empaths i can sometimes find it really challenging to work with certain types of people because i just and it's just it can just be draining draining to right. me yeah yeah well i think the the most important thing about that is who are your clients Exactly. I mean, like, and I think in the beginning, we're just like, I want to help the world and right. I'll say yes to everything. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, but it's really, if I'm not doing that and I'm being very specific, and again, it kind of goes down to that boundary issue, right? Like, yeah. who are the people in my life? If they're not supportive, then I have to be able to say, no, thank you. I can make a referral, you know, but oftentimes right. I think, especially, you know, a really good friend of mine um, calls it the bleeding heart syndrome, right? It's like, we just, we want to give and we help do. and, you know, and right. I think we, we are the only ones who can protect and care for ourselves. And if we're not willing to set that boundary and say, no, thank you. Um, and I, and that's a skill that gets developed over time. Yeah. And I think we have to have a lot of experience of it not feeling good and not working out um, yeah. in order for that to, you know, really be able to build up the resilience and the, and the knowing and all of that to be able to set those boundaries. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, of course, all things happen for us and, and we don't want to live in regret or anything. Right. But if I, could, if I could rewind that tape a little bit, I would have tuned into that issue faster. You know, but it, but because I was in denial, I mean, you know, I'm 56 right now. I was in denial until like three years ago, maybe two years ago. <laughs> so it was a long time. And it, and it was only then that I went, oh my gosh, that's why I couldn't work with that person. That's why right. I didn't have this good experience working with this person. And that's why I now choose to only work with these people because that's who I serve best because I can give my best and it's not exhausting. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and I think that comes down to some personal work you've done in your own life mm -hmm. to build. It's like, because I think for me personally, if I experience suffering, right, if I'm having the feeling of it in my body, when I couldn't tolerate the feeling and the experience, I wanted it to go away, right? Like I'm just gonna do it. And if that means I have to help you with your problem, I'm going to help you because I don't wanna feel uncomfortable. Right. And, and, and it's how do we, again, I just go back to the word resilience. It's like there's mm -hmm. nervous system work, there's spiritual practice, there's personal care, there's, you know, self-awareness, all of these things that we have to cultivate inside of ourselves so that when, when I get triggered by something or there's something in my environment that's tapping in and I'm experiencing sensation around it, 
instead of that knee-jerk old patterning of like, I've got to do something to make it go away, I have to be like, ah, oh, what's going on here? Is this even mine to address? Yep. Is it something I can hold space for? Is it something I'm be being asked to contribute to? But it's how do you build up that space? Right. So it's not like feeling obligated to make the thing go away because I ultimately feel uncomfortable. Right. You know, and it's like, and it's like, oh, the more I can, sensation I can tolerate in my own body, then the more I can be with the chaos and the pain of the world without it bowling me over. Yeah. And that's a personal development um, mm -hmm. process, yeah. I think. Yeah. And there's no, unfortunately, no magic wand that gets you there. There's effort, there's work, there's... Consistent, there's yeah. Recommitment over and over to our own work, right? right? I mean, that's the key. If we're not doing our own work, the work that we want and feel called to do in the world happens on a much smaller scale. Yeah, so very true. Now, a another business-related issue. I know I've wrestled with issues around money, mm -hmm. you know, for a mighty long time. And the whole charging what you're worth and the value of your services. And I know others, you know, many of my clients have wrestled with that as well. And while we don't want to label anybody, that's, that's not what we're trying to do. But can you talk about some of the typical, whether you want to call them traps or, or, or issues, that empaths or HSPs especially can wrestle with when it comes to really putting their services together and, and pricing them and, and promoting them? Yeah, I think it's a big conversation yeah. because there are so many components to it, right? right? Absolutely. And it really depends where somebody is. I, I call this like evolutionary journey of like the healer or the, mm -hmm. you know, creative empath or, or uh, entrepreneur. But it's like in the beginning, we're learning, right? It's like right. we're often doing right. a lot of trades. It's like we're trying to figure out like, you know, what do I, what am I even doing? What right. is the gift of healing I have? How does it, it's like we have no idea how it really helps, what the benefits are, like none of right. that. We're just like, oh, uh, want to try? Okay. And then we just give it away for free, right. right? We just give away a ton of time. And then as we evolve, maybe we establish a one-on-one -on -one practice and we're trading time for dollars and, you know, trying to figure out right. what that space is. Um, but then there's, there's a fate, and it's not usually sustainable, right? Because you have to work a lot of hours in order to make enough money right. to even, like, right. begin to cover your bases, let alone be thriving, Right. Um, and then you get to a point, if you haven't given up at this point, and you're really committed and you're trying to figure it out, it's like really sitting with, like, who am I? Like, and, I, and it's not about what is, what, is, what are you charging, what are you doing, you know, but what is my particular flavor of magic that I have to contribute? And when we know that in our bones, and we can really, like, open ourselves up to, and I just call it like divine, divine pricing, right? Like there is an energetic match in an exchange that's right for you and right for the people you work with. Right. So it's really taking time to kind of energetically like put this thing you've been working on in front of you, dropping into your body, tapping into your heart space and opening it up. And then like really asking the universe, like, from this very low amount to this really high amount, right. um, what is that magic number on that spectrum for now 
that right. is totally resonant, yep. matches, is coherent with who I am and all of the study and learning and training and experience that I have. And then that's a starting point, right? But usually people aren't looking there. It's all of this online marketing and I'm going to check what you're doing and all this program says this and right, six right. steps to six figures and, you know, and it's all this noise and chaos that like creates total disconnect from like what is true for you. Yeah. And that's the conversation that's interesting to me because it's different for everybody. Yeah. You know, and part of that is what is the package? How, you know, how long is it? You know, right. and creating an experience for people that's really in alignment with who you are, what you do, and what your people actually need and want. Yeah. You know, so it's it's a multifaceted thing, but I think the, the looking outside and the flailing around versus the really grounding in and asking. Yeah. Because we know, you know. I agree. Yeah. yeah I, and whatever you come up with, you have to feel good about quoting it. So that's, I think that's great that you've included that. What feels good there? I think part of it might be that we're, we're so concerned with being wrong and making some kind of mistakes that we want the answer. And I think that, you know, your big point of stop looking outside of yourself that, that not that you don't want to go, all right, well, what's the average of, you know, what, what does, yeah, know what the market is. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's at some point you've got to feel good about whatever it is that you're putting together and quoting. And so, yeah, I think we do tend to look outside of ourselves far too often for far too much of the answer when might be the facts are outside, but then we've got to make it fit by consulting inside. Right. Well, and the other component component of that that I run into a lot with my clients is that they make it personal because I'm the person providing the service or I'm really sensitive. It feels personal. It's my body of work. I'm not teaching somebody else's thing. Right. You know, a, a lot, there's a lot on the line in terms of vulnerability or, yep. you know, are people going to want it? Am I going to be rejected? Am I going to be ridiculed? Am I, you know, all of this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like, this is a business conversation. It's not a personal conversation. Right. And for many empaths, they have not yet separated those those two things out and it becomes a personal thing which then becomes scary to put ourselves out there to and and we're infinite beings right we come here with like like there is we're like there is no price that you know you can't charge what you're worth because you're priceless right but there is a value that the work you do provides and that has there's a monetary value exchange that that goes with that Right. And I think if you haven't done the work to really think about those two things separately, it can be impossible to find a number that feels good and that you're really confident sharing. Yep. Yeah. Amen to all of that. And one of the things that I got out of the book, Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. is this concept of detaching from the outcome. Right. And it's hard. I, I'm not going to kid you. I, I had, did an interview with Mike McCallowitz, who he's like a multi New York Times bestselling author. He wrote the mm-hmm. toilet paper entrepreneur. He wrote all these other books. He's a great guy, <clears throat> has built and sold multiple multi million dollar companies. I mean, the guy's smart. Yeah. 
Yeah. He said he has a hard time with this issue too, because you put your heart and soul in right. whatever you create from yeah. writing a book to building a business to whatever it is. So uh, and I, it is personal, right? It it's like it's personal. A, <laughs> and how it not is. to make it personal in, you know, it's like in right. context, but yeah, it's a very, and again, it goes back to that building resilience and having experience it and it's something we learn, which is why having good coaches and, and transformational teachers and people who are supporting us that can really give us a new perspective and help us, you know, get a little bit of space in that right. um, because we all have blind spots and we all have growth edges. And if right. you're an entrepreneur, it's like, this is the spiritual path, right? It's like everything you need to learn and polish who you are will come through um, the avenue of entrepreneurship. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. There's a great quote. I wish I could remember who said it, but it said that being self-employed is the most tremendous personal development program and the most expensive that you will ever <laughs> go through. I'm like, man, alive, so is that true? Absolutely. Because yeah. you, you come face to face with crap that All you either didn't realize you had, or, yeah. or you thought you dealt with decades ago, right? Exactly. And now here it is, here it is facing again. So it took me easily 15 times of reading Think and Grow Rich before that concept even really fully started, started to sink in. And I think one thing that we also need to remember is that the people that we're trying to work with or that we're trying to help, they're people just like us. And often the rejection, if you want to call it that, is of the opportunity that you're offering. It's the, the change that they're going to have to make. It's and it's exactly. the fit. That's right. It's their own resistance to their own crap. Right. And so I think if, if we can, the more we can master the understanding of the other person, maybe that's the empath of me talking, but right. the more we can understand that person's path and recognize it's not that far from our own, we can give them a break and ourselves. Right. Well, and again, and it's not taking it personally. It's not. You know, but it's like if I feel their resistance, and this is where sales conversations for empaths yep. start getting a little wonky, right? Yes. Because yes. if I feel, if I'm having a conversation with you and you're starting to feel uncertain or your fear is coming up, and I haven't yet been able to say, oh, right. I, I'm experiencing, you know, a sensation in my body that feels like fear. Can we talk about that? I feel some hesitancy, you know, but it's like when we feel it as empaths, it's like, uh-oh, and then if our foundation be begins to shake, then that's not creating confidence for the people who need us to be strong for them so that they can actually lean in and say yes to working with us. Right. And then the conversation just falls apart or they don't say yes. And, and then we take it personally, you know, but it's like, it's just learning how to navigate right. that space yeah. um, and not take it personally or fall down and acknowledge that you fell down and then come Recognize back, it. you know, and it's yep. just, in that just takes practice. Oh, my God. Now, for everybody listening or watching this, you should rewind that and play that back again <laughs> 15 times, not just because I'm taking a sip either. Right. <laughs> but because that was like the most brilliant assessment of what actually goes on if you are empathic and you're having this sales conversation suddenly you're going, you're, you know, from confident of what you're offering to, maybe I'm not so confident. Yeah. And you're not realizing 
that you're like up on this exactly. Yeah, you're you're just feeling what needs to be vented because right. that person is that's the place they are in that unsure place that I'm a little bit afraid. Can I do this? Right. And then right. if you can say, I feel this, I, I am sensing this and I'm here for right. you. Right. That's just building trust that then bridges the gap for them to right. be able to be like, okay, let's do this together. Yeah. The most powerful thing for a, a potential client or a client to say to you is you get me. Exactly. Exactly. When you hear that, and I've been hearing that from people recently that's when you know oh my thank god my it uh, it's the right message to the right person exactly. at the right time and so don't be afraid if i had any one thing i could share it would be don't be afraid to really embrace this element of you because it's part of your secret ingredients i mean it's the it is it absolutely it's like our superpower right it it's is. what makes you a different business coach than you know, somebody else out there. And if you're a highly sensitive or empathic person, if that component isn't there in a coach, the level of success right. that you will have with them. I mean, how many times have we signed up for a program or hired a coach and it's like been disappointing, you know, and yeah. part of it is not feeling this deeper net of being understood and held in a really safe container. And that's like a superpower, like that's magic that empaths have because they, that deep understanding exists. Right. right. Yeah. 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 Amen. Amen. So you share on your website, which is, is great. It's a great website. You share your story on your about page and you talk about this big shift that you had in your thinking and you asked yourself this fabulous question. I'm going to read it so I don't screw it up. What if everything I think is wrong with me is actually right? Wow, what a powerful, powerful question to ask yourself. So can you talk about some of those things that contribute to convincing us there's something wrong with us? Well, I think it goes back to that like home environment we're born into, right? Like yeah. we know we're different. We feel like, wait a minute, like I don't feel like I even belong in this planet. You know, like what is going on here? Like it seems like, you know, and I always say like everyone got the memo, like, like somehow life is working really well for them and I just didn't get right. it, right? So it's this fundamental, like I, we, you know, we moved around, you know, and every, I think our souls choose our lessons, right? We moved around a lot when I was a kid. So I never really fit in. I was in a new school multiple okay. times, you know, so I always had this, I'm an outside, outsider kind of feeling. Yeah. And I'm an outsider because I'm different or I, you know, I just, I don't quite understand, you know, what, what's normal. And then at some point I realized, oh my gosh, like I wasn't created to be normal. Right. Like, I am here to help remind people who have forgotten what's true and real and right and holy about who they are, right? Like, let's, let's turn down the static and all the noise and distractions and, like, come back to that sacred space where you know, like, you are an exquisite song in the symphony of life. And without your fullest expression like the world is just not as beautiful as it could be, right? And, and if I was, you know, among the normals at, you know, I, you know, 
So, and it just, it's, you know, it's been a lifetime of personal development. It's been a lifetime of spiritual practice. It's been a lifetime of like, like pluming the depths of my own wounding and trauma to really question it and wrestle with it and come out on the other side with these deeper truths. And I now know like while we all belong to the one, you know, 7 billion expressions of divine intelligence, like I am wholly unique and like we're not meant to fit in. And I don't want to fit in in a world that's really like living in like asleep. You know, I want to be awake. I want to be on the forefront of, you know, the battlefield, like on the lines, like, you know, showing the way, you know, and once I got that, it was like, oh, and this is, this is about leadership, right? There are those of us who are called to be part of the change, which are the people that I work with, visionaries, change makers, way showers, pioneers, like they all have this deep internal knowing that like, I'm here for some really important reason. You know, and that I get to spend time coaching and, and helping them return to their deep truth is an exquisite gift. And thank God I don't fit into the right. normal experience yeah. that I was so painful not to be a part of for so many years, right? Exactly. And, and I think that just the fact that anybody is an entrepreneur, you're not going to fit in because right. the average, and you speak to leadership, you know, that's it. I mean, the average person is an employee. Exactly. It's yeah. a very different mindset. It's a different, a different way of different moving mindset. through the right. world. It's like right. your whole kind of neural networking is like, and when what your soul is longing for and things you value, it's like, they're just different. Right, right. And, and there's no shaming. There's no, no. it's just, that's, yeah, it but that's different. Flavors. Absolutely. Right. That's right. But if you're going to step into entrepreneurship, one, you have to recognize that that means stepping into leadership exactly. because by nature, that's what an entrepreneur is. They're, they're this other person. This well, and it's thing. self-mastery, right? I mean, right. it's like, it's like, right. it's about the thing we're doing. Yes. But we often make it about the thing we're doing and we forget it's who I'm becoming in order for that work to happen. Right. And that's the magic. Right. It's really yeah. about self-mastery. Yeah. And it's so much of it is also, I think, this, so you take that step forward and you go, oh, holy cow, what did I just do? And then take maybe two steps back and can spend that time back and forth absolutely as you continue to to grow and recognize oh my gosh it's because i'm i'm not supposed to fit in i'm supposed to forge this path or i'm supposed to take this this road less traveled uh that others normally would not take and i'm just the whole hero's journey right i'm absolutely one who now shines the light for other people so you know this i think this question is one that I've heard people recently really having a conversation about. I've thought about it myself. I've talked to my clients about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue of do we actually in some ways repel what we actually want rather than open ourselves up to receiving, right? We're trying to control things. Do you think that's, that's kind of a truism that we're working to overcome this issue of, of actually repelling abundance? Um, I, yes, I think so. And I think part of it comes down to, again, the worthiness component. Yeah. 
like we live in a world where, um, especially, and I'm speaking, you know, kind of about being an empath or highly sensitive or having healing gifts or being in the healing field. Right. Like while the trends are shifting and, you know, you can now bill your insurance for acupuncture, right? These other softer gifts are not quite valued yet. Right. And many people still see it as weird or woo woo or, you know, there's, you know, there's not like a, a value system in our society, you know, in, in indigenous cultures, like the medicine man or the medicine woman is like an amazingly revered and important component to the, the, the whole well-being of the, of the system, right? Right. I lost track of my quest, what your question actually was. I had a lot of thoughts. Like, that's, what, that's all oh, right. Repelling, the repelling of abundance, so, right. And I think, and I think so, and then, so we're in a caregiving, you know, it's like, we, it's easier to give, right? Yeah. It's like, yes. so there's this global thing of like, people are not yes. really willing to invest, you know, in general, a lot of times invest in this level of work because it's like, what is the value of it? There's still a question in a big way, right? So that's a piece of the puzzle. And then it's like, how much do I value myself? And I'll just, we're givers, right? We want to give, we want to, you know, and it's like, if we're not allowing receiving to happen, you know, it's like there, there's, wherever we have blocks to receiving, we're going to see that in, in the number of clients that show up, the, and it's also a capacity issue. I have, I, you know, there's like the, the abundance piece of it, but what I found over time working with clients is, because I'm sensitive and I'm easily overwhelmed or I get, I feel like I'm taking on everyone's energy. I have a belief that I can only do it in small doses. Right. So I'll have two clients a week instead of 20 clients a week, which means right. I only have that number, you know, that level of income coming in. Right. So, and it's like, if I grow my capacity and I move beyond these sort of old stories and beliefs I carry about what being sensitive means for me, or I've built up that resilience, I have a greater capacity to give, you know, but so it's like, I think there's like multiple parts to the question. You, I ask. agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think there, yeah, there, there really are, multiple parts and there there's multiple layers exactly. to that whole issue of receiving anything and but especially receiving the abundance that we right. we say we want to create and yeah we've got so many stories that are related to all of that rolling around in our head but i think if you believe that you may have an issue with this then i think that examining the stories you tell yourself around your own worthiness probably a great place to start visiting yeah well and also I just like the world is a like mirror right it's like whatever is happening in our you know just take your immediate environment right. that is a direct manifestation of right. your level of consciousness your level of self-awareness like if there's somebody in your life who's really bothering you it's really easy to make it about them but it's like, what are they saying that's mirroring that voice inside of you? Yeah. And if you can do that work and like get really curious, you know, whether it's around receiving love or money or, you know, whatever, all the, all the parts of being a human being, right? right. Um, then, you know, that's the gift. It's like, what, what, if your clients aren't willing to pay, 
hmm, what does that mean about what I believe, like about my receiving, about my value, about, you know, and what is that, that story that's tied to a core belief that's holding you in lockdown and, you know, transforming that as the key to your per personal freedom, but also for your business success, you know, yeah. if that, if that stuff's operating in the background, then it's really hard to have a thriving business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well said. So let's talk about the courageous actions, really, that are necessary for building a business. And of course, there are eight of them, marketing, selling, fulfilling, creating, managing, growing, leading, and living, right? Last, but by no means least. So let's talk about each one of these. Marketing, for example, marketing can feel really icky for lots of people, especially maybe empaths and HSPs. What tip can you share to help people feel better about marketing and actually doing it? I think, like, just go out and meet people. You know, like, just, like our personal connections, especially in a digital online world where we're trying to make it work. It's like if you haven't established yourself as an expert in your own community and you're not having conversations with people locally, you know, it's like just like start there. You know, let, let build your muscle with, you know, whether you're starting a meetup group or you, you know, and maybe it's an online thing or you know whatever it is, but for me it's really like our personal relationships are like such key components to like marketing success. You know, it's like it is about who you know, but it's also all the conversations you have will help you refine your message and putting it out there and it not quite being right, but then you get feedback and, you know, is it landing, is it not? And, you know, again, there's multiple, marketing means a lot of things, right? right, right. But I just, I think that the personal connections and conversations and just reach, if you see even somebody on Facebook that you resonate with, ask them, you know, just like I did with you, right? It's like, I would love to have a conversation with you. And it's like, see where it will go. And I think that organic, that slow and steady thing can often get overlooked in a really busy online world that's full of hundreds of distractions. Yeah, yeah, amen on all of that. So then of course comes selling. We love the work that we do, right? We love helping people, but we're often not crazy about the whole getting the client part. So what do you think is your best strategy for MPS and HSPs who want to serve more and have that abundant business and life? What's, what's your best sales uh, advice for them? Well, we talked a little bit about just the conversation itself and how to hold that for right. this to be more successful. Yeah. Um, and then it's also, you know, there are a thousand, going back to the marketing piece, right? There's a million things you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, do the one you love. If you don't like video, don't try and do Facebook Live, you know? If you don't like to write, forget about starting a blog post, you know? Or what it's, again, it's like knowing what, who you are, how you're hardwired, what works best for you, right. and then you can't think about it. You have to actually start doing something. The action component yeah. um, is important. You know, yeah. I, I think especially for highly sensitive people, it's like we can vision, we can plan, you know, we've got all the ideas. It's like, but if we're not doing something with them and if you can't do them, this is the other thing, right? I think we, you know, I have felt a lot of shame in the past for not being able to figure it all out on my own. 
So it's like, I'm a transformational leader and a healer. I've had to learn, and that comes really naturally to me. Those are my gifts, right? I've had to learn how to be a business owner. It's a different hat, right? You know, and so if you don't have a particular skill that your business needs to move forward, get help. Exactly. Don't struggle. Like even if you have to do, you know, barter or ask a friend for help or support, you know, it's like just whatever that next step is to just move one thing forward is is an important because we can just be waiting. Yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, we get stuck in that pattern and and you have to you have to put yourself out there. You know, like you have to say, I have this to offer. Would you like it? You know. So again, part of it's just that communication piece and, and yeah. doing that in a way that feels really resonant. And if there are blocks to that, finding somebody that can help you do it. Yeah, yeah. Really well said. People are unlikely to come up to your front door and say, Hey, I heard there's a smarty in here. And sometimes that happens, right? The universe it is like does. rewarding our it actions. Something happens really easily. Right. Um, but at some point we have to be like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. This is how I help. This is right. who I help. And if you're that person, I'd love to talk to you. You know, so part of exactly. it is just like, you know, the visibility piece. Great. Yes. Very well said. So we've been talking about how serving clients can really be exhausting and 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 this whole conversation has been around how it can be troublesome for empaths and HSP so do you have a tip that could help us serve at a high level but also allow us all to take care of ourselves well at the same time yeah if you aren't on your schedule you're in trouble good point you know, and like that's, I mean, it's like whether you're an exerciser or a meditator right. or a you know, bath taker or, you know, whatever it is, right? It's like, put it in your calendar. Yeah. Because if you don't come first right, <clears throat> and you're not filling up your cup, again, you know, what you, what you have to give is reflecting in how the universe is responding with clients. So yeah. the fuller your cup, the more you can support, you know, so it's like that is crucial. And, and and doing your personal work, right? Whatever that is, it's like a key, it's not just about the exercise, it's about the mindset, it's about, you know, if you have trauma in your body and you're nervous and you can't put yourself out there, <clears throat> which was me for a really long time, yeah. like I've gotta, I've gotta take care of that. I've gotta attend some workshops, I, mean, I need to have a mentor, I need, you know, it's like that personal um, transformational experience I think is just, it's gotta be at the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I really do. It, it's a nonstop journey to fully grow into, fully bloom into what we're destined to be. And, and that's part of all of that. So yeah, well, really well said. So that then speaks to creating really, right? How do you make enough time to create the things we need to create to grow a business, whether it's content, creating a course, doing our, our personal work, how do you manage to, to work out your schedule? Well, I, t I tend to be a journal writer, right? Okay. So it's like, and it usually, like my downloads usually come, like the kids are in bed and, you know, in the evening and I'm just like, okay, I'm going to reflect on my day and then I'll get an insight. So what I, you know, the muscle I'm now building is like, oh, can that insight I just had become a blog post? Can that nugget of wisdom become a Facebook Live? Can that, you know, and, and instead of having a journal, which I have, you know, 
dozens of them full of awesome, amazing downloaded right. ideas, you know, and like if I wouldn't have been waiting for the website to be perfect or for me, you know, if I would have just been sharing that information along the way, the whole time, my business would be in a very, very different place than it is. So part of it is not waiting. It's just when you have the, you know, and then I also am part of a mastermind, right? So it's like, I have a co-working day that I have set up once a week with a group of women where like I go and I write and then the mastermind that supports me with like the bigger vision and where am I at and am I on target with my financial goals and with my client goals and, you know, all of that stuff. So I think, again, for me, it just goes back to support and creating like, am I making time in my schedule if I have client calls on Mondays and Tuesdays, like Wednesday's my writing day, Thursday's my, you know, so it's really just organizing my time in a way that's in service to what I'm trying to accomplish. Right. Great. Awesome. So there are so many facets to managing a business as you grow it. Now, is there one thing that you wish you had paid a little bit more attention to when you were first starting to build your business? Is could be this issue of getting stuff it's out. Ju- it's, it's just it's just what I said, right? Yeah. Like somehow yeah. I was like my spidey senses were picking up on that. Yeah. I absolutely wish I would have been sharing my journey. I agree. For the whole time instead of waiting for the perfect venue or the moment or when I knew better what I was talking about or when the whole thing, it's like I have a lifetime, a body of work that's taken me a lifetime to experience. And I'm, Oh, I just need to wait until I'm all done. It's like, well, we're never all done. (laughs) And and what I think and believe right now might shift based on some profound insight I have, but what I have right now is valuable. Right. You are two steps ahead of the client that needs what you have right, right. now. Yep. So that would, you know, if I could rewind time, I would just, you know, I would be sharing way yeah. more frequently. Yeah. Amen. And Amen. Messy. I, and I would give myself permission for it to be imperfect right. and messy. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And I've actually even had people tell me that, well, you know what? I want to build an audience first and then I'll st-. I'm like, I got news for you. That's not how it works. You have to create that stuff, and that's what attracts the audience. And you test it, right? I mean, it's like the chicken and the egg, right? Because then if you create something, but you don't have an audience, there's no one to sell to. So, I mean, it's like there are these very, it's, it's, and I think that's part of the evolutionary journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you can polish what you're doing the whole time because they're probably not going to remember every word you ever said. So feedback and it will, and it will refine it and change it and maybe it won't land. And then you have, you know, and again, it's like, it is this over time, the thing we're here to do becomes beautified from practice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as the business grows, right, we've really been talking about growth, this whole conversation, we need to grow as people and professionals, right? So What's an area that you think most solo professionals really need to put more focus on as they grow their business? You know, I'm a spiritual teacher. So for me, it always comes back to that connection with source. Because if I'm plugged in at a deep way to the universe, to God, to spirit, to nature, whatever that is, like really our cups can't ever be emptied. Really. We have the experience of an empty cup because we give ourselves away or we act from this place. 
But once we establish this connection and we really are just in the flow of that goodness that supports us in all ways and we always know that like somebody's got our back and that I can lean into this unseen, unspoken experience, you know, it's like for me, like that's where real sustainability comes in. That's where, you know, the real magic begins to happen. Um, so I always encourage people to deepen their own personal practice connections. And that comes through these heart-to-heart conversations, right? It's like it's being in environments where, where the, that more, whatever that more is for you, is supported, is spoken about, is... Uh, And it becomes a more tangible part of our lives. Yeah. And I think that the more we do that kind of work, the more resilience we have and recognition that I have the answers within. I don't have to be looking out. And I think it it calms us and gives us that confidence. Reduces stress. It helps us. Yeah. brings in coherence, it's right. like expands our capacity. It's like all of these things we talk about, um, especially, you know, if you have, you know, as a highly sensitive person or an empath and there's, you know, the trauma of being alive and in a human body, you know, it's like doing that deeper healing is going to allow you to have such a greater impact. Yeah. Yeah, really well said. All right, so last but by no means least is living, right? Which is what we're doing this for anyway. What is one of your best practices to make sure that you're building a life while you're building your business? Well, as I mentioned, I have two two young boys. So part of it is balancing my my time with them. Um, But I'm a big foodie, right? Like like for me, um, nourishment of my body, being in the kitchen and and the food I put in the vessel that Mm -hmm. sustains my spirit so I can do my work in the world. Um, I love to dance. I turn, you know, a couple times a day, I just put my favorite song on the radio and I move my body, you know? So it's all of these, again, practices that I cultivate that are in service to my feeling good so that when I'm in work mode or I'm with clients, like I'm fully present and available to them in, in the best way that I can be. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, Jen, I could go on for hours. The <laughs> listeners will be happy to know we're not. But thank you so very much for coming and for sharing this great information. Why don't you take a minute and just share a little bit about what you really do and where you'd like people to go if they would like to get more information or connect with you. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, this um, con- creating the spiritual connection is just inherently my gift, right? It's helping people tap in deeply to the essence of who they really are underneath the story and start shifting. You know, it's like a turn, it's like turn the volume of the static down and like find, find your find your, on the dial, like your exact space where confidence moves, um, you're able to speak your truth, you know, you're in these loving connections with other people. So it's the, the inner work of the journey is really my magic. It's what I love to do. And I just so happen to also have these learned skills with marketing and strategy and business Um, specifically for healers, because I'm a healer. I've been in the healing field for more than 20 years. Um, So really combining this, you know, sometimes we think we have a marketing problem, and it's actually a visibility problem, because we're terrified of 
contributing our voice or being rejected or it not working or all of those really tender internal experiences. So I love that work. That's, that's really um, what I love to contribute. Um, and my website is www.jensavage.com with two N's, J-E-N-N savage.com. And uh, you can come to the website, learn more. I have a monthly, it's called Transmissions of Love. It's a podcast where I interview other highly sensitive people to talk about their journey. So that's a resource that's free and always available. So Outstanding. Awesome. And of course, we'll have uh, the links to, uh, to the site as well as to all the ways you can find Jen online. On, she's everywhere on Facebook, etc. So we'll have all those links for you to get that, those, uh, those sources there. Jen, again, thanks so much for coming. I appreciate the, the time and the great information that you shared. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. All right, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Jen's a fascinating person and just a joy to, to talk to. Now, if you like this episode, please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it, and be sure to subscribe, either on that platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play. You can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel. Or, but when you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll get episodes emailed to you each week along with corresponding worksheets for that episode. In addition to the episodes, you'll also get information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise, no alcohol needs to be involved, don't overindulge, and don't drink and drive. All right, so your reflection exercise is to think about the big question that Jen asked herself and that I think is so powerful for all of us. What if everything I think is wrong with me is actually what's right with me? Are you searching for something outside of yourself when the answer is really inside and you just need to give it permission to come out? All right, so your action step. Identify what you see is wrong with you. What do you think is broken or needs fixing? Then identify how that story you're telling yourself is holding you back. What are you looking for outside of yourself when the answer really is right inside you? What permission can you give yourself so you can create courageous success your way? Be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash HSP to get the show notes, links, and resources for this episode, including the worksheet to help you complete the reflection exercise and the action step. And remember, if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings, you're ready to get support to reach your business goals as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the group and join my Facebook group where other introverted mission-driven entrepreneurs are working to develop the courageous success that means so much to you. I share tips and strategies to help you choose faith over fear and take consistent action to achieve your goals. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.